A pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown. Joining me today as a special guest co-host, we'll introduce him in a second, uh, will be Willa Brown, Director of Athletics at Fort Valley State. But here's simply, here's simply the guest menu for February the 11th. 2023. Our first guest will be the head football coach at Southern University, Eric Dooley, who will join me in about 31 minutes, head football coach at Southern University. Then in our number two, it will be Daryl Wade. Now, he is with the Astros Foundation. Uh, they're putting on a tremendous baseball classic that's starting next Friday, and we'll give you all of the details. You will hear from him himself. He has an HBCU uh, background and now uh, with uh, the uh, uh, Astro Foundation. Here's what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show. Ken Raleigh inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the class of 2023. Um, and that we have Willer Brown, special guest co-host uh, in a reserve role, but uh, usually, but now a starter, Willer. Uh, good morning. Welcome back to the Carlos Brown Show. Get me off the bench, Coach. Get me off the bench. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, but you know what? There, there is something that's called the Six Man Award. Hey, that's you. That that Six Man is important. He could actually be a starter, but he's coming off the bench. But he provides that support, and so I, I appreciate you uh, answering the call to uh, co-host with me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Carlos. Pleasure. Yeah, pleasure as always for me as well. Um, Ken Riley inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's what's trending here on the Carlos Brown Show. The Southwestern Athletic Conference announces their baseball predicted order of finish and preseason selections. I've already had, uh, Wheeler, uh, some people contact me and they could not believe, they're shocked that Jackson State has picked fourth in the east and texas southern fourth in the west now omar johnson i'm sure you know him uh great guy great baseball coach on paper that's on paper i'm glad it's not played on paper it's going to be played on the baseball diamond <laughs> Willa, but um I, go ahead, Will. Go ahead. Your thoughts. Omar's a great guy. He's, he's a great guy and, and a great coach. You know, uh, has put together a lot of winning baseball over there at Jackson State. And, uh, you know, hasn't been able to get over the top with it. But it's not for lack of effort, lack of talent, that sort of thing. Omar just does a great job all, all the way around. You know, he's, he's a joy to be around and, you know, just, just a great, great coach. The kids love him. And, you know, I, I guess we all would wish that a few more championships uh, came his way. But, you know, when it's time, it, it, it's your time. Yeah. Well, when I think of Coach Omar and that program, consistency, you know, they're going to put the, uh, a competitive team out on the diamond every year. And hey, that championships or championships, who knows? 
this year could could be the year. But we'll we'll talk a little bit more. Give you the predicted order of finish. Southern basketball, women and men go a combined zero and four on the road this past weekend. Oh, it's so tough on the road. And uh, I don't know if Charles Edmonds jinked us when he said it was going to be interesting to see after the big victory they, that they had, how would they go on the road and play? Well, in a matter of a week, Southern's men basketball team now, they are not in first place. Uh, congratulations, Southern University's bowling team. Um, they win the SWAC roundup too. Regular season champions, congratulations to Coach Barry Dahl. I'm going to make uh, an effort to get him on. Uh, I've known him for a while, and um, in year three, he gets uh, gets the, gets the ring. Also, in uh, what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show, the best HBCU defensive back award now will be called the Neus Williams Award. It'll go to the best HBCU uh, defensive back. So, Neus Williams, wow, that that award uh, a tremendous. Uh, player and, and Will, I don't know if you uh, know this, but uh, came to Southern University as a walk-on and uh, mm. finished uh, as you know a scholarship player. Tremendous athlete, tremendous uh, on the academic side, and hey, that that's just a great human human interest story with uh, Aeneas Williams now having an uh, award named for the best uh, HBCU defensive back. I knew he was a uh, you know great player, no doubt about that. But I had no idea that he was he was a walk on. Started out as a walk on. That's incredible. Look, Willa, no stars, okay? No stars <laughs> coming out of coming out of high school. Oh, unbelievable! Can, can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, because now you have people. If uh, if you're not getting in our level, is different in Division Two. <laughs> Uh, level would you say maybe is it exaggerated somewhat with with, with, with the star system because I've heard different things from former coaches uh, but what does it say about the the player that you get and you develop them on the playing field no matter what sport and so when they come in their first their first year and then their last year they leave in four or five years they got the degree in their hand but they're better person and a better player they were developed you know carlos i've never put a whole lot of stock in the in the star system that sort of thing and uh i, I think it's, it's just a tool for some people to try to make money or, or to benefit financially from it that sort of thing uh you know a, a star can't play you know i mean at the end of the day you got to put your hand in the dirt and you know get, get after it that sort of thing and you know, I mean, we didn't have a star system when I was coming out of high school. I think I was pretty good, but uh, I, I don't know if I could equate myself to a, a particular star. You know, nor did I did I want to at the time. But <laughs> you know, in today's time, you know, the kids are living for that. They're, they're relishing that, and you know, I, I, I don't know if there's any way around it right now. The coaches have kind of bought into it, also. You know, and uh, everybody wants to know now how many stars you got behind your name. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I think the star at the end of the season with a championship or in the discussion 
<laughs> it's more it is more uh fitting but that's just my opinion but i understand it's a new new day and and, and student athletes and uh, you have a lot of fans that uh and alums they really get disappointed if you know they don't get a certain amount of a star athlete so uh who knows but again winning championships and being in the discussion that mm-hmm. is most important in, in my humble uh, opinion also the sports world mourns the death of a former southern university athletic director um and morgan state ad mm-hmm. floyd kerr who retired in baton rouge a few years ago um I've, i know floyd personally Miss um, Vivian Kerr, his wife, and uh, you know it. Re- it really touched me when um, I found out. I got the text message because um, this was a guy that you uh, you could talk with about athletics. He um, gave me pointers on some things I didn't know behind the scenes, as far as af- you know, uh, putting together an athletic program. Uh, also, you could talk about life and. Uh, you know, the last time I, I remember talking with him, I kind of was going through, a, I had just overcome a health issue. And uh, he just told me to take my time. And um, it's just like um, an athlete, you come off an injury, you know, you got to rehab, take your time, get healed both physically and mentally. And then you, um, you know, then you, then you, then you move on. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh boy just just, just shocking but um to, to me he was and i know it's probably debatable but um to me the best director of athletics that i can remember in in in, in modern time i know coach Cassim was ad at southern university but but floyd uh really uh really put to me um uh, southern director of athletics on the map yeah, definitely a great guy, Carlos. No doubt about that. And uh, Floyd helped me through some tough times when uh, I left North Carolina A&T as the uh, athletic director. And uh, I had gotten on at uh, Coppin State, maybe a couple, maybe about a year and a half after I left uh, A&T. And Floyd was at Morgan. And, uh, you know, we used to talk regularly, that sort of thing. And he understood what I was going through. And uh, you know, really provided a lot of sound advice and, you know, could always depend on Floyd to, you know, be that sounding board and that, that, that voice of reason that, you know, you kind of look for in, in tough times, that sort of thing. And so, you know, he, he'll definitely be sorely missed, no doubt about that. Right. I'm just kind of looking at the, the release that uh, Southern University um, released this past week. Southern University, they extends the condolences to the family and loved ones of Floyd Kerr, former athletic director who passed away at the age of 76 on Saturday. Uh, he served in the position as director of athletics from 2000 to 2005 and was instrumental in expansion to Southern's A.W. Mumford Stadium, athletic fundraising, including spearheading the first Jagathon. And that's kind of where they raise kind of, you know, where they raise money, you call in with donations. Um, biggest award was in 2004. Kerr was named one of the 101 most important minorities in sports by Sports 
Illustrated. It's like a loop machine. of the Carlos Brown show. Yes, I'm back. I apologize for that. Technology sometimes is a great thing. I was talking to Floyd Kerr and um, Floyd Kerr uh, passed away uh, this past past week, so our thoughts and prayers go out uh, to the Kerr family, uh, Southern University family, tremendous director of athletics at Southern University. Now I'm joined by the head football coach at Southern University, Coach Eric Dooley. Coach Dooley, good morning. Appreciate the time. Good morning to you guys. Good morning. Um, hey, it, it's a pleasure having you on. Um, of course, last year was the first year as head football coach at Southern University. Um, I know you don't like to go back in time, but uh, your thoughts on your, your first year at, at Southern University. Well, uh, my thoughts on my first year, and I know it was the first year, which to, to me that means nothing. Uh, we didn't get it done. Uh, the bottom line is regardless of where we got to, uh, only one standing, we just like the other team, uh, just like the other uh, um, uh, 11 teams. Uh, we, we, we didn't get the uh, championship. So uh, it's a lot that we have to do, some things we have to change, some things we got to get ready for. And I think we just got to be, uh, be prepared to uh, go to war. There's no question about that. So some things that we can take from last year, uh, but it's nothing that uh, that I felt that uh, was great for us. So we got to move forward and get better for this year here. It's a very competitive conference. And, and Coach Dooley, I, I remember after the season, you kind of gave yourself, I, I guess, I don't know if you graded yourself, but you kind of were pretty tough on yourself. Is that in, in, in lieu of you like to be in the championship conversation or winning uh, championships? So is that why you kind of graded yourself tough? Absolutely. They only, they only remember the first place team, the team that wins it all. I mean, as far as coming second place, there's no, there's nothing uh, for a team to get for second place. Uh, you don't get a championship ring. You don't get the notoriety as far as going to the celebration bowl, which is our, our big game. So uh, there's nothing there. And I did uh, student athletes accomplish something. I thought they did. I thought we grew better as a football team, and, and now we have something to build on. But uh, there's no question in my mind, my expectations uh, every year is to win it all. And, and now uh, your, your early perspective on on your uh, returning squad, you, you'll have your spring practice coming up uh, pretty well. Also, um, your recruiting. I, and, Coach, I like to look at recruiting as, like, needs versus wants. Sometimes as fans, we want this player that player, but a coaching staff, to me, they look at needs and um, just looking at your, your your recruiting class, 
for 2023, you address uh, needs. But uh, if you could, your early perspective on your returning uh, squad and, and then talk about recruiting and, and needs versus wants. Well, well, I, I thought the recruiting class, I thought the assistant coaches went out and did a great job of getting the guys uh, there, right there, what you're talking about, our needs. And that's the very first thing that we addressed. We needed some we needed some guys in certain areas, but we needed some experienced guys in certain areas. So, uh, you know, with that transfer portal and when have the opportunity to go to uh, some junior colleges, uh, it gave us the ability to go out and uh, get some guys that, that we needed in that area to come in with some experience right now, because it's a different day and time right now. Uh, I still want to develop guys, but uh, there's no time uh, for a whole lot of development, should I say, because of mm -hmm. what guys are getting in around the conference and who you want to be. But I think we're putting ourselves now in a good position to where uh, the, the guys that we're bringing in with some experience have uh, multiple years left. So that gives us the opportunity now to go in and get some of the younger players and develop and mold those guys in uh, to the type of players that we want. Uh, of course, we did address the needed area. That's going to always be a case. You know, so many things that's out there. We don't even uh, we try not to even look at uh, what's not there. I mean, but, you know, we know what we need to be successful. So. We're going to be taking in that part. Some people may say, well, they lost a lot of uh, this position and that position. It's not about the positions that we lost. We know what we need to be successful, and then it goes down to the positions. Well, Coach, I, I, and I know it's a, a popular position, and um, looking at the quarterback room, uh, you brought in a transfer, you two quarterbacks uh, from the high school, uh, ranks and then then a guy that uh, a lot of people just been talking about uh, Noah Bowden uh, coming in he came in late of course uh, right before last season the start of last season but um, talk about the quarterback room um, seems like now you got a lot of competition that's going to be uh, coming in, in that position yeah absolutely and that's what we wanted to go out and get out we, we knew what we had uh, in the room coming back, uh, we, when you talk about uh, uh, Harold Blood, you know, Blood did some good things last year and some things he got to work on, but you got to realize that was Blood's first time ever played collegiate football. So that he really was a true freshman on the field. Uh, uh, you know, fortunate enough that he's done a great job in the classroom, that he's going to graduate this this spring, but still have multiple years to play. Uh, but we knew that we had him coming back. who was a guy that uh, he's going to compete at the high level regardless of what. Uh, whether he win or lose a job, he's going to always uh, go 100 miles. Uh, we knew we had Noah. Noah got into a, got off to a late start, so it, it was kind of hard for him to press forward uh, in front of those guys uh, getting in for fall camp. Those guys had opportunity to go through spring, had the opportunity to go through summer workouts. Noah didn't have that opportunity because he wasn't a student uh, at Southern University at that time. So he got into it late, and, and at, at that time, he still – uh, giving the guys a system and let him learn it, but just wasn't comfortable enough uh, to put him out there. He had an opportunity to play a couple of games and uh, did a great job. So we do know what we have. And, you know, you can look into the transfer portal and, and look for guys, but just look at his uh, his history. He's that guy that we in the transfer portal looking for. Now we just got to make sure we understand the system and move forward. And then we went out, a young man that we're very, very familiar with in Dillon, because we recruited him when he was coming out of high school. Unfortunately, he didn't come to where uh, where we were, which is great because now we've got an opportunity to come back and get this young man. I think this young man can throw the football. He's going to create a lot of competition. Uh, so we're very, very uh, pleased with that right there. Not a lot of experience, but, I mean, experience is, 
goes along right now. These guys right now sometimes are just ready to play. Uh, and then you talk about the two young guys. I mean, uh, that that was a that put us in a position right there. Uh, you say why so many? Uh, sometimes you put yourself in a position. I thought we did. Our assistant coaches did such a great job within the other position that we had something left over and we kind of capitalized off of what we oversigned, what was oversigned here once before, and gave us the room to get uh, an extra guy in. And when you talk about the guy, the likes of a, a, a Woods out of Atlanta, this guy here uh, can throw the football, did a lot of great things, highly uh, rated, and then right here in our backyard. <laughs> Why not? Uh, you're talking about a guy that we feel can go that I'm very, very confident in because out of all my years of, of signing guys, I've never signed a left-handed quarterback. So that tells you the, the confidence that I have in him because of what he can do. And it's not because it's, the ball is going to come out different. If you can catch the ball, you can catch the ball. But now I feel that we're at a point where we have two bookends. It, there is no weak side. Uh, we understand that the blind side is going to be perfect for us, whether it's the right side or the left side. So we're putting ourselves in a good position, still have some things that we want to capitalize on, but we feel good about what we have thus far. And um, I'm sure Willow will appreciate this next point. Uh, O-line and D-line. Coach, I'm telling you, everybody looks at, I've been guilty of this as well, uh, the skill positions, but those big guys on on the offensive line and defensive line, I I see you went into, you and your staff went into, uh, that area and um, some some intriguing uh, young men coming into the uh, uh, the program, uh, 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 particularly one of the old linemen uh, from transferring in uh, Foster from McNeese and a young man from the JUCO uh, area in, in California. Is it a balance after you identify your needs as far as the balance between high school? transfer reporter and 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 juco and how do you kind of keep keep the balance with that you know being a, a skill guy uh you would think that i'm gonna always just go out to a certain position but i do understand the game I, I think i have a great understanding of the game and and i'm there i know that those positions can't receive anything without getting those guys inside so i always believe in building inside out and when i when i say that the needs those was needs. We had to get guys on both sides of the ball. I, I, I always do a lot of research and, and find out guys that was winning, why did they win? It's not that they had an overall good team. They had a good defensive line. They had a good offensive line. You got to get those guys right there because those are guys' names never going to be in the paper, but they're going to do the dirty work. And we felt we had an opportunity to go and get some of those guys to help uh, make a difference for us. Those are my difference makers, the offense and defensive line. Willie, if you have a question for Coach uh, Dooley, please step right in. Well, Coach, you've always been my uh, sleeper candidate, so to speak. You know, when when <laughs> when Southern uh, was talking about hiring you, that sort of thing, and then when you got in and uh, you know started putting that recruiting class together, you know, I was telling folks, you know, you guys need to be on the lookout for Southern. They go. They're gonna sneak up on somebody and, and bite them in the butt. So I, I think you you know you got something special going on there, no doubt about that. Uh, it's great to see you, you know, at, at Southern. I guess it, it is home for you in, in a lot of ways. And uh, you know, to me, you know, as they say, there's there's no place like home. Uh, what's your long-term prognosis in terms of the the program, Coach? Where ultimately are are you trying to take it? 
Well, uh, you know, we use that that phrase, and, and, and I, not to be disrespectful, uh, and I was a part of it. RTD, return to dominance. Uh, I think that's where we got that's where we got ahead. At I mean, that's what Southern is uh, known for. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity and fortunate enough to to coach with a legend, a living legend, and that's all he did was win championships. Uh, I came in uh, winning uh, three straight championships uh, with Coach Richardson. So uh, that's something that you always got to bring back and. Uh, I don't believe in uh, just being competitive. I think everybody can be competitive. I think you got you got to go out every year wanting to win, wanting to win it all, and that's the only expectation that I have. So we want to uh, return to dominance, uh, to be that team that 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 everybody understands who we are and what we're all about and what we stand for. Uh, you, you see that phrase used a lot around Southern University. What better phrase? The standard. We're visiting with uh, Coach Eric Dooley, head football coach at Southern University. Um, coach Dooley, we've talked about new players coming into the program, uh, but um, got it on my feed about um, Coach uh, Clark going now to Ohio State as a grad assistant. Uh, your thoughts about that, and then maybe a, a time frame, if any, on selecting his replacement. Here, here, here's my thing. Uh, when when uh, he's much older, I had the opportunity to coach him. I uh, didn't have the opportunity to bring him in as, as a, a young coach. And, and, and I want those guys to uh, to try to, to excel in whatever they want to do. I'm never going to be that guy to hold someone back. I want to push those guys. Uh, I, I want guys that have aspiration to want to move up and move higher. I don't have that, that mindset of saying that, no, I need you to stay here. Because I, I tell folks all the time, what God has for me, it is for me. It doesn't change. So I, I don't have, I, I don't worry about that. I'm trying to push guys to get to where they want to go. Because if someone didn't push me, then, you know, I wouldn't have this opportunity where I am today. So uh, I have no issues with that. Uh, but I, I tell you, I tell guys all the time, I don't, I don't, I use the wrong phrase. I told someone earlier, but I have to think about it. I don't, I don't, I don't play chess. I used to say I play chess. I play checkers. Mm -hmm. When they make a move, I gotta make a move. So I'm already ready. I already got someone in place uh, to move forward. Uh, you can't wait and, and let things uh, linger on. You gotta move forward. These guys here need coaching. So I, I always uh, keep myself something ready uh, that I can go. I got somebody always on deck so that I can step up because they 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 believe in the same philosophy that I believe in and doing what I do and have that vision. So we. If that position is uh, already filled and we're moving forward. Well, I guess they'll, uh, the athletic department will officially release it. I know, Coach Dooley, you're not going to reveal that that person. But uh, Coach Clark um, did, uh, you know, just a tremendous job in working, uh, you know, with, with defensive ends, some NFL players. And, and, and to your point, Coach, you always want something better. And if someone – sees enough talent that you have somebody on your staff that they want to to come into their program that that's a good thing and, and, and that's that's the way i look at it um, let me say this here though let me say this here I, okay. you use that phrase you always want something better i i, I don't want to uh disturb anyone mm -hmm. you can't get no better than where you are right now southern university this is the top this is standard but i still want guys to get to their they dream, but when when you say I want to go to the best, 
you you speaking those words, Southern University. I got you, Coach. That was uh, Coach Dooley one, <laughs> Coach Brown zero. <laughs> I understand what, what what you're saying, Coach. Um, the 2023 football schedule and um, our producer, if you can put it up, uh, Coach, kind of get your thoughts on on the 2023 uh, schedule. It, it, it's very interesting. I think it's competitive, and. Um, in the well, no, that's the Fort Valley one. The Southern University. I'm sorry, Melanie. I should have made that clear. There we go. Alabama State, a non-conference game, but the Labor Day Classic. Then you got Jackson State, uh, a non-conference game. Then you got Alabama A&M, and then you got UAPB. Then uh, you're looking at uh, is that FAMU? So you got a tough opening uh, schedule, but I guess you, you have to look at it at one game at a time, Coach. Absolutely. Uh, we're looking forward to September the 2nd playing in that uh, Labor Day Classic against Alabama State. Uh, uh, we didn't get a chance to play them on last year and, and uh, uh, great friends with uh, Coach Eddie Robinson. So I look forward to that contest. I know he's going to be ready to compete, but uh, I, I love the schedule that we have. I thought uh, our administrators did a great job. Our directors of athletics did a great job of putting this schedule together. When you talk about, uh, I still say Coach Prince, when you talk about uh, Coach Kirschman, so uh, I'm pleased and satisfied with it. And and my, my thing is, it, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna play the hand, whatever uh, whatever hand I'm dealt, I gotta play it. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, the interesting thing too, it was talked about the, the Jackson State game, um, home and home, because they rolled off the schedule. But it counts on the schedule, just not as a conference game. But now get that game in in Baton Rouge, and so hey. Uh, to me, that is that is the rivalry. Wheeler, former director of athletics at Jackson State. I I know Coach Doolin knows about the history you do as well, but for me, love seeing that game in, in, in Baton Rouge. Just love. Yeah, I understand the way you guys look at it. There's no such thing as a non-conference game. I understand what the, the conference is doing. It, it, every game counts. Mm -hmm. That very, yeah, every game right. counts. It doesn't matter. So uh, it's a common for us, and that's where we look at it because this is. Uh, a swack opponent, whether it was a swack opponent or not, it counts for us. In other words, hey, one game at a time. Absolutely. <laughs> you look at it, right, Coach? Um, also, um, Coach Julia had Coach Banks on, the director of athletics at Southern University, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we had a couple of uh, questions from um, the audience. And also, I brought up, and, and he stated um, – he was in favor of continuing to improve the football facilities. And how can that impact your football program? You know, always upgrading the facilities, the football facilities. That's a part of recruiting right now. Uh, you, you know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of guys now, they, they one of the boxes they want to check what type of facilities you have. That's going to be one of the first boxes that they're going to check. So uh, I, I think to, to remain competitive, uh, those are some of the things you have to do. But uh, you, I don't, I don't believe in uh, complaining. I just believe in finding a solution, and that solution is getting the football team ready to play, regardless of what. Uh, we do need some things that we that I'm, I'm no question that uh, director of athletics is doing. So we're good and and and, and be aware of something. Uh, be on alert. Something's going to come out real big here shortly uh, uh, to get ready to be prepared for it. That's going to um, definitely enlighten our program. 
and, and Willa, you you're in you're in athletics on the administrative side. How important is it to um, always communicate and be transparent um, with your respective coaches, whether it's football, basketball, uh, of getting them the resources that they need? Well, I mean, that's the number one job of an athletic director. Get the coaches what they need in order to be successful. Get out of their way and let them get at it. And uh, But at the end of the day, hold them accountable. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very important that, you know, they feel good about their surroundings. It's very important that the kids feel good about the uh, place that they're playing in, the locker rooms that they're dressing in on a daily basis, just the facilities all the way around. You know, and if you, you feel good about where you are, you know, then you want to spend more time there, that sort of thing. So it's of extreme importance. And, you know, I'm always in contact with my coaches pretty much in all my sports in terms of how can we do a better job in terms of providing not only the facilities that you need, but the atmosphere that, that you guys want to want to be a part of on, on a daily basis. So it's, it's, it's a constant chore. But our job as ADs is to, you know, get the guys what they need in order to uh, compete. And then, like I said, get out of the way and, and, and let them work. Don't breathe over their shoulder, that sort of thing. And, you know, but at the end of the day, everybody's held accountable, Carlos, no, no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, but I, I believe in letting our coaches go to work, get out the way. You know, that's that. If, if there's one message I could say, uh, uh, AD 101 or what have you, you know, it's get the guys what they need to be successful. Get out of the way and, and let them work. You know, give them that leeway necessary mm -hmm. to, to do their particular jobs. And, you know, like I said, hold them accountable. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We all are held accountable to somebody, you know, but. I can't do a good job of evaluating you at the end of the day if I'm constantly making decisions for you, you know, if I'm constantly looking over your shoulder and critiquing, you know, every step you make, that sort of thing, or, you know, asking you a, a, a hundred questions on a daily basis, that sort of thing. Get out of the guy's way and, and let them do what they do. And then I guess I represent the third part, alum, <laughs> fan, how how can how can we help coach do it? Um, when you look at it, you, you need to help as well. I mean, we, we know that uh, HBCUs are underfunded from from the state point point of view. But uh, how important is it? I guess I'm saying uh, to have alumni and um, uh, just general fans to to help with upgrading facilities and to help the director of athletics. It's extremely important to uh, have the alumni to back you on a lot of things because they have the ability, uh, not just one person, but you're talking about in numbers. So the numbers gives you that ability to do more. Uh, so when you got that, the numbers and guys are backing you and do it, you know, some people think, well, uh, $25 is not a lot, but at $10,000, at, at 10,000 people give $25, do the math. Uh, now you're talking about raising money. So I think, uh, Every little bit helps. Uh, I, I think it's extremely important. Uh, I, we have to always look at Southern University. You can't look at uh, the individuals. You got to look at the student athletes, what we're trying to provide, what type of experience we want to have for the student athletes. Well, Coach Dooley, um, spring practice, 
will be here shortly. Um, what would be going into the spring your number one priority? To be able to throw the football on a consistent basis. Uh, I, that's, the, that's just uh, part of who I am. I'm going to throw the football. And uh, you have to know that uh, I'm not satisfied or pleased because I look at a lot of different things, but uh, you are not going to let it be stopped that we can't throw the football. We got to be able to throw the football, uh, getting off the bus. And I believe in that. Uh, I think we got some supporting classes around that we're going to be able to do it. Uh, but more importantly, just to play more disciplined football. And that's on me. Uh, I'll get that corrected. That, that's being corrected. And, and we'll move forward to be a better football team. And, and last but not least, your, your coaching staff, um, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job this uh, past season. And, you know, hey, you, you get to the Western Division, you win that, you get to the SWAC championship games. And, and what I like, you're not satisfied with that at all. And so talk about the, about your coaching staff. Uh, uh, they did a great job going out into year two uh, for, for, for your coaching staff. Did, I thought they did an excellent job, but uh, just, just we'll keep that quiet because the bottom line is we just won the Western Division title. That's nothing. You get nothing for that. Just the Western Division champ. Uh, the, the goal is to be the cele- uh, to get to the Celebration Bowl and win it all. Uh, yeah, you take it uh, one game at a time. Uh, but we understand where we need to be at and what we let get away from us. When you get an opportunity to go there, you got to make sure you capitalize on that. So right now, uh, we're pleased with the young men, but we're definitely not satisfied. We feel we got a, uh, another uh, ways to go to step up uh, to be that team that we feel that we are capable of being. So we all we we, all, we do believe in scratching where it's yet. So we all do a self evaluation. I do a self evaluation, then I do an evaluation of everything and finding out. Uh, how, how can I, 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 I fix those little things? It's not the big things that we have to worry about. It's scratching where, where we itch at right now. And that's what we're doing right now. Uh, my strength coach is doing a great job right now with the winter condition. Uh, we'll step on the field on uh, March 8th, and uh, we're going to get better each day. Each day we'll win the day. Well, you know, Coach Dooley, Back in the day, it was, what, 30 days of spring practice? <laughs> and I used to kid with former equipment manager, Derek Price. And every time I would see him, I'm like, boy, I long for those days. He said, you would because you weren't out here. But now it's a shorter period of time. But you're looking at football, and not just football, but all sports. It's basically year-round now. So the work you do in the offseason is just as important as when you hit uh, fall camp. Last question. And please tell me you, you're going to be watching. Who is the Super Bowl tomorrow? Wow. Please tell me you're going to be watching, Coach oh, I'm going to definitely be watching. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be it's going to be very, very tough for, uh, to beat KC. They're a good football team. They do some great things. And I'm an offensive-minded guy. And uh, Mahomes does a lot of great things and got some, got some weapons around him. But I have to say I'm pulling for the Eagles. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I thought you were going to say Oh, well, you know, and you're right. You're an offensive guy, but defense. Oh my, Phil, Phil is rough, and they're tough. My goodness. Well, I wanted to know, uh, Coach Julie, appreciate it. Uh, don't have too many good snacks um, for the Super Bowl party, but uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully, we can catch up with you again, uh, either right after spring practice. 
anytime. I thank you guys for having me, and uh, good talking with you, Coach Wheeler. And anytime I, uh, you guys just give me a call, it won't be a problem. All Definitely. Right. Pre- appreciate That's a lot, it. Coach. All right, take care. Yes, sir. All right. That was Coach Eric Dooley, uh, head football coach at Southern University. And, uh, and Wheeler, when you look at uh, Coach Dooley, he's consistent. He knows that there was uh, an issue with, with, with um, the team as far as quarterback play. Um, he graded himself harshly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, hey, he, he's a very competitive guy. You can, you can see that as well. It's going to be an interesting 2023 uh, football season for Southern University. You know, and, 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 th- and that's a rarity, Carlos, that a coach – would be harsh on themselves. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate that kind of frankness, that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think he did an admirable job. Uh, you know, at, at the same time, he has set the bar high, not just for the team, but for himself. And, you know, when you got a coach that sets the bar high like that, you know, and, and that's willing to be critical of themselves as well as, you know, the team and the coaches, that sort of thing, then you, you could potentially have something special on your hands. And I, and I see that with, with Coach Dooley. So that's that's refreshing. You know, he, he, he's my kind of coach, no doubt about that. And, you know, and it's interesting um, because sometimes your harshest critics are those, you know, of, of your own, meaning Southern University alumni and, and um, you know, supporters. Um, when you get that close and you don't get it done, yeah, you, you can you can understand and feel the uh, uh, the, the the situation where hey, you, you feel like you're, you're you're better, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't think one season will determine your success. It'll be a period of time. No, uh, no, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute, Will. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. And you know what? <laughs> I, I, I think I put some humor in the process. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was a that was a stiff uppercut. Cut, caught me. I wasn't looking. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's interesting, and we've kind of talked about it before. There are um, those of the mindset that you know they feel that's the best way to uh, have a successful program but i'm not one that believes in that i believe like you stated the guys that have paid their dues they've gone through the process and what do we always tell young coaches and coaches follow the process but i you know i understand now that it is a quick gratification you gotta, you gotta win now, and and I think that has added some pressure on, you know, with with, with coaches that have high name, that they're recognized that they went to the NFL, but again, that that is not something I'm in favor of. And if I was a director of athletics, that would not, that wouldn't be the only. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? The only criteria that I'm looking mm-hmm. for. He has to be um, 
a celebrity coach. Now, I will say this, Wheeler, and see what you, you know, you may agree or disagree. And by the way, you can disagree. That's, that's <laughs> you can disagree. Eddie George, I saw him in an interview with uh, Shannon Sharp. And it was interesting something that he said. I don't know if you, you were able to see it, but he he says it is different coaching at HBCU. And he didn't have uh, what an idea how things uh, go, but he came in and he was, you know, he didn't make comments. He just listened and talked mm-hmm. to people that, you know, that have been at, at HBCUs. So he didn't come across as all arrogant. And it's all, you know, because I played in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. I know better. I can mm-hmm. run a, a football program. Because if you look at the end of the day, a head coach in any sport, they are only as good as their staff. Yeah. So, once, yeah, once, once again, I, you know, I, I understand it's a segment that feel that is the way to go. And I'm sure at Southern they have a segment that believe that is the way Coach Banks should have gone. But I am not mm-hmm. in in that number. Well, do, do you think Tennessee State has buyer's remorse? I mean, that's, that's a good mm. question to, to ask. I mean, because they didn't, you know, they, they went with quote-unquote star power. But, you know, at the same time, it was more of a laid-back kind of star power. Uh, which I think prevented them from getting the notoriety that Jackson State got from hiring uh, Deion Sanders. So, you know, even though I yeah. like the direction that Eddie George is, is taking the program, I think he stepped into a much difficult situation in terms of the conference that Tennessee State plays in, that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess my question probably would have been, you know, could Dion have done the same thing he did at Jackson State had he been at Tennessee State? And, and, and I, mm. I, I think it would have been a lot tougher. It would have been a lot tougher to get it done. You know, that's interesting. Are, are you saying, um, Wheeler, that maybe the Ohio Valley Conference, it's, I, I understand you're saying it's different, but you think it's tougher? It's, it's a tougher league? I mean, I, I think I think overall uh, the the OVC as well as it was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, then I, I think it probably would have been rated higher in terms of toughness, you know, as opposed to the SWAC and the MEAC that sort of thing. I mean, you know, Middle Tennessee State, East Tennessee State, you know, all those you know those kind of guys, Eastern Kentucky, I guess, and. You know, a few of those other uh, "quote unquote" household names on the on the FCS level. Yeah, I think they they had a reputation of you know at least a couple of schools going to the uh, FCS playoffs on a yearly basis, that sort of thing. So I, I I think you could rate it, you know, or at least you could have rated rated it at the time as as a tougher conference. And I think Eddie George has a tougher job in terms of the Tennessee Tennessee State job versus the Jackson State job. There is no knock on the SWAT. It just it just kind of is what it is. Yeah. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, um, how well would uh, Coach Sanders have done? I mean, he, you know, he he's a raw, raw type of guy, his, his mm-hmm. connections. But I will say this, 
and, and I've said it before, I thought the MVP of, of that staff was Dennis Thurman defensively. So mm-hmm. he, he did have good, uh, uh, you know, a, a very good staff around him, and, and that makes the, uh, the difference. And when, when you look at FCS and, and, and Southwestern Athletic Conference, you know, we've, me and you've had this discussion before about playoffs versus the Celebration Bowl. And for those who uh, want to take that route, then, yeah, you got to start playing, with, whether it's home and home, with some of your FCS mm-hmm. brethren, and then start having a more success against them. And then that can only help you for those who want to participate in the FCS playoffs. And now, and that leads me to this, Wheeler, before the show, uh, we were talking about some of the uh, uh, non-conference games or games that FCS in, in the Southwest Athletic Conference are, are playing down, you know, Division Two. Mm-hmm. let me put it that way. I don't want to say down, but playing mm-hmm. on a different level. Uh, West Florida comes to mind playing FAMU. Lincoln University is is, is going to be um, uh, playing a couple of games in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Your comment to me was for those who are trying to get to the playoffs, you know, that, that, that could hurt them. It, it could hurt them, Carlos. And, you know, I, I guess my thought is that you know, I kind of look at it like they probably could have been playing a FBS opponent or, you know, could have been playing a guarantee game or something to that effect. So kind of seems like uh, FAMU as, as well as Southern have, have taken the path away from the, you know, the guarantee game, so to speak, you know, and trying to uh, get that revenue by playing uh, more home games, number one. And by playing schools that, you know, not only are attractive, but, you know, also, you know, schools that they can beat, no ifs, ands, and buts about it, you know, with, without regards to, you know, thinking about whether or not they could possibly make the, the FCS playoffs or not. You know, mm-hmm. so like I said, it's, it, it appears to be celebration bowl or bust. And, you know, that's okay if that's your philosophy. Uh, but bottom line is, if you want to be a major player in, in FCS, you know, then you're going to have to step it up and, you know, you're going to have to challenge some of those guys, you know, that are that are on that level, that sort of thing. And so, you know, there, there was a time, Carlos, when, when I was a big proponent of the, you know, playoff system, that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I kind of am, you know, because... You know, part of me, if, if you want to be crowned a champion, then you got to go out there and face, you know, those championship programs, that sort of thing. You got to you got to put your money where your where your mouth is. And uh, but, you know, I also see it the other way around from, you know, being sitting in the athletic director's chair. You know, it's, it's about revenue and, you know, about being able to provide, you know, for your kids and being able to provide for your coaches and, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, you kind of kind of torn between the two, you know. So even here at, at Fort Valley, I'd rather get away from, if possible, get away from playing, you know, the guarantees in terms like FAMU and, you know, things of that nature and try to go more towards the classic type of games, you know, against people, you know, on, on my level and, uh, you know, hope to kind of make the same kind of funds 
you know, from those classic games that, you know, I, I would get playing a guarantee game against a you know, FCS opponents or, or something like that. Well, uh, you being a director of athletics, uh, you've been to a few places. What it, What is a good balance? Because I, I remember when, when um, Southern was playing two FBS guarantee games back to back to start. And, uh, and I got an interesting email from, uh, I guess, a Southernite who said without those games, the athletic department would be in, in, in trouble. So how do you do the balance? My statement was that if I'm director of athletics, which I wasn't, and probably wouldn't be a good one at that, <laughs> but I, I would limit, uh, I said, my statement was I would limit the FBS games to one every four years. So what is the balance? You said you, you kind of get torn and what kind of changed your mind if it did about getting away from uh, playing those so many guarantee games, even on the basketball level? Yeah, you know, I, I would, you know, and when we talk about football, you know, my philosophy pretty much would be playing just one per year. You know, uh, so I, I would I would like to take one game out of my out of conference schedule and get a hefty guarantee for it, and and kind of go with it from there. And that's being on the FCS level. You know, maybe trying to take that step up and you know playing somebody on the FBS level for a six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand dollar guarantee, that sort of thing, and and call it a day just so one-shot deal that particular year uh hope that your kids don't get beat up too bad where it damages you for you know the rest of the year that sort of thing being on the the division two level i think uh carlos hbcu wise you can say there's a difference but i think you know like when fort valley state has played famu while we have lost I've always felt that we had a decent fighting chance. So, you know, you're talking 63 scholarships versus 36 scholarships. I mean, you know, you do the math, that sort of thing. But, you know, I've always felt that, you know, we had a puncher's chance, that sort of thing. So it was just that the monies in and of itself, you know, from Division Two playing a, you know, FCS team, just wasn't that great, you know? So for me, you know, I'd rather, you know, get into a classic, play Tuskegee in a classic situation, you know, than go to FAMU for 50,000, 55,000, you know, and I could make that same 55 or 60,000 playing Tuskegee in the Red Tails Classic, you know, and have more of a fighter's chance in terms of winning the game, that sort of thing improve my stock in terms of the possibility of getting to the division two playoffs because it's a division two game that sort of thing and so you know you kind of almost like killing two birds with with one stone but uh from a basketball point of view you know my thing was all about you know coach i need five hundred thousand dollars in guarantees from your non-conference schedule now you sit down and you tell me how we want to go about getting this 
You got 10 games in your non-conference schedule. I don't want all 10, all 10 games. You know, I want Thank you goodness. to be able to experience some success prior to getting into your conference season. You know, so if you can bring me a half a million dollars in five games, then let's go for it. Let's see what we need to do. You know, and, and it's about being creative, Carlos. You know, I mean, you could probably get like ninety-five to a hundred thousand to go play UCLA. You know, and then the night after that, get another ninety thousand to play USC, or you know, Cal, or you know, something like that. So you could take a, a, a week and get you like three or four guarantee games in during that week and bring home by Friday, probably close to a half a million dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's all, all about doing it strategically and not stretching it out over time. I don't want to go to UCLA on Monday, come back home, and then on Thursday, go back out to play Cal, you know, come back home, and then the following Tuesday, go to Minnesota and play, you know, University of Minnesota, that sort of thing. You know, if I'm going to take these lumps, let's go ahead and line them up. You know, no, we're not playing, you know, back-to-back nights, that sort of thing and stuff. But you know, let's let's go ahead and, and, and get it out the way so that we can get into the games that we should be able to win prior to getting into the conference schedule, you know, where we're facing teams night in and night out that we have more than an equal chance of, of getting it done. Yeah, so that's that's just as always been my philosophy with that. Intriguing, and um, let me ask you this before we, you know, we'll put up Fort Valley's 2023 uh, football schedule. We'll uh, ask a lovely producer, Melanie, to uh, put it up for us. Um, What would be a fair amount to go back, say, into basketball and the football program before you answer that uh will of there's your schedule tuskegee september the second clark atlanta september the ninth edward waters i know a little bit about edward waters september the 16th then you face kentucky state allen savannah state benedict morehouse there's virginia lynchburg that's a familiar name uh was here in baton rouge last year and then i guess you ended with uh, a big big rivalry albany state so uh let's see Nice schedule, ten games. Will talk about that. Then I want to get back to uh, I want to get back to the percentage of that money that say basketball that made for athletic program and football. What is a fair assessment, a fair amount to go back into the program? But anyway, well, you want me to speak on the schedule first? Uh, I I think we got a, a, a pretty decent schedule. You know, I think it's favorable uh, uh, for us. Uh, I don't see us being outmatched, you know, at, at any time. Uh, if, I, if I was a prognosticator or something to that effect, you know, I, I could see eight wins out of that schedule. You know, I'd like to see nine. I, I, ideally, I'd like to see ten. But... Uh, you know, uh, I think we can uh, pretty much get it done. Uh, Lynchburg, we were lucky to get. You know, wasn't something that I really wanted to schedule. But when you got a bye week on in week nine, you know, you got to kind of take 
whatever it is you can get. And uh, so, you know, to, to be able to even get a game, an out-of-conference game at week nine, that said a whole lot in and of itself. And uh, so, like I said, I, I feel real good about our chances. You know, I, I don't think there's anybody on the schedule that we can't beat. Uh, going to Benedict is going to be tough. That was a tough one for us here at home uh, uh, last year. And, uh, you know, naturally you got your – Savannah State and Albany State rivalry. So, you know, that's that's a a, a big one-two punch, uh, you know, that that we have to get through. But I, I feel like we we got more than a fighter's chance to be in a thick of things, you know, at, at the end of the day. And with the new conference format where they did away with the north south or east west, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that the the top two teams will go to the championship game. So I think we got more than a, a, a fighter's chance of, of getting it done. As it pertains to the uh, revenue you were speaking of in terms of what goes back to the programs, I don't know that there is a particular percentage uh, in my mindset that would go back to the programs. I mean, naturally, you want to take care of, you know, their needs, that sort of thing. But, you know, uh, we always have dealt with guarantees uh, to the point of we know that, you know, the non-revenue sports are in dire need. And, you know, while we want to give, you know, the football and basketball programs some of the monies from, you know, them going out and uh, sacrificing for the good of the department, you know, there's an understanding that, you know, these dollars are going to be spread out over the course of of the program. Uh, Back in the day, Carlos, some coaches would make uh, side deals with particular schools uh, to get things like uh, big screen TV put in their locker rooms or you know, things, stuff, just, you know, stuff like that, you know, and uh, I don't know that they, they do that anymore, but uh, I never had a set amount or a set percentage that would go back to, you know, to the individual programs. But if coaches had needs or wants or something in particular that, that they wanted, and, uh, you know, we would find a way to get it out of, out of those funds. Yeah. So there, there's the, those two words again, needs versus wants. So in other words, needs come first, and then after needs are taken care of, then maybe you can sprinkle in a few wants. Exactly. Definitely. Very interesting. Uh, visiting with Willa Brown, Director of Athletics at Fort uh, Valley uh, State, uh, talking about some of the uh, the, the inside dealings with athletics i still say it's tough i guess it's tough to be a director of athletics but somebody has to do it and guess what mm-hmm. they get you gotta have thick skin when, when you're a, no a director of athletics <laughs> yeah years ago i said a director of athletics and uh pastors they have they, they got to be able to take some heat sometimes literally <laughs> um if, if we kind of look back quickly at our trending stories Ken Riley inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Wheeler in the 2023 class. Long overdue, Wheeler. Long overdue. Definitely. 
Definitely. Should have been in probably 10, 15 years ago. No doubt about that at all. You know, but I guess they say, you know, better late than never, that sort of thing. And, you know, real glad that he's finally getting in. But like you said, it is long, long overdue. Yeah, well, I'm sure uh, Ken, God rest his soul, uh, is happy and his family will get, uh, you know, be able to represent him um, long overdue. Also, uh, we talked about the trending stories. The Southwest Athletic Conference announced this 2023. Uh, SWAC Baseball predicted auto finish. Let's turn the page, Willer, and let's see. You're familiar, you're familiar with uh, a lot of these programs in the Western Division. The blue and gold. Southern University <laughs> in the West. Pick to come in at number one. And these are the prognosticators. Again, it's going to be one on the field. We always like to talk about that. Coming in at second. Oh, oh by the way, Southern, 109 points, 11 first place votes. Grandma State, number two, Willer. Really? 95 points, two first place votes. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you know, Grandma's kind of like the the Minnesota Vikings in the day. They would get to the Super Bowl, but they just didn't quite um, get over the hump. But, but but historically, at one point, it was Jackson State, Southern, and Gramlin that won hmm. all the championships. But guess what? That's when things changed. Investment in the programs, Texas Southern, Prairie View. So now it's a it's going to be a, a fight. And speaking of Prairie View, Prognosticator said number three, Prairie View and him, 77 points, two first place votes. Number four, Texas Southern. Coach Rob, wow. Mm. I'm going to tell you what, Coach Rob has that nice demeanor, smooth, nice, but he put you out your misery. Trust me. <laughs> now, they haven't coach. been picked that low in a long time, I'm sure. They haven't been picked that far down in a long time, I'm sure. Well, I, I think mm, maybe not four, but I know a, a couple of third place predict all of finish. But um, I, I tell you what, Texas Southern always scares me from the outside looking in. They mm-hmm. always you, – you, you just got to watch them. A, a, a great baseball program. Arkansas Pine Bluff, fifth in the Western Division. Coach James is – Carlos James is a frequent guest on this show. And then – Bringing the real Alcorn State, although Alcorn State basically had a disastrous year under their first year coach, uh, there's nowhere to go but up. But I guess mm. the prognosticators <laughs> and the the people who make these decisions, they feel that they're not just there yet. Um, in the Eastern Division, which has been uh, there's always talk who's who's the best. <laughs> The Western Division or the the Eastern Division? In the Eastern Division, Alabama State picked to win it. Won it last year, right? Defending champions. uh, Defeated Southern University in that marathon game. Bethune-Cookman, excellent program, excellent tradition. Picked to come in second. Mm -hmm. FAMU third. Whoa, Jackson State. Picked to come in fourth. Alabama Omar's not Alabama. used to being that far down, I'm sure. No, and six Mississippi Valley State. Um, as I stated, Willer, a lot of times it's it it, it 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 brings up discussions. It brings up a lot of uh 
arguing, debating, but at the end of the day, <laughs> we'll we'll be able to go back and look at these preseason predictions and see how close they were, how far off they were, and, and that that's going to be an uh, interesting conversation from the beginning <laughs> to the end uh, <laughs> of the season. Um, 12.30. Got to take a break, but Willa, I never, never did ask you, who's winning the Super Bowl tomorrow? I know you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, so I think you got to Yeah, go and they're out of it, so I, I don't have a dog in the fight, but uh, I like good line play, and so while I don't really care who wins the game, I'm intrigued by the matchup between Philadelphia's defensive line and uh, Kansas City's offensive line. I think there's some individual battles that's going to go on uh, that's going to be tremendous. Yeah, and, uh, you know, specifically at the defensive end and offensive tackle positions, you know, I, I want to see how those guys, you know, hold up. You know, can, can Philly get good pressure on Mahomes with four people, that sort of thing, and so it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting, definitely. And uh, but I always kind of look for good line play, Carlos. And you know, so I don't have a dog in the fight. So I, I just want to see a good game, and uh, hope I can stay awake the whole time. <laughs> oh my! Uh, you, you know, you got your commercials. They're gonna rate the commercials. Boy, they're high price. Um, it's historical that you have two African American black quarterbacks, albeit now black history month but you know black history month why boxing in for one month my feeling has always been it's every day 365 days of the year every month so i'll, I'll leave <laughs> I that agree. at that i i'm going for philadelphia i like the the, the big guys up front uh the war daddies o-line and defensive line i just think philadelphia is is tough but they can't have a uh, off day offensively. But that old line, they can run the football. It's going to be very interesting. Let me take a time out. Long overdue. But um, my next guest will be Daryl Wade of the Astros Foundation. They're putting on the Cactus Jack HBCU Classic. Will February 17th, 19th. Okay. At Minute Maid Park. So he will be the next guest. So we'll take a timeout. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. So shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvinboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show.
Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. It's like a loot machine. show here on the black college sports network now our next very special guest he is none other than daryl wade of the astros foundation they're putting on the cactus jack hbcu classic february the 17th through the 19th at minute maid park mr wade good afternoon a pleasure to have you on and uh, talking about uh, this great, outstanding baseball classic that is right upon us. Good, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Well, it, it's our pleasure. Uh, Daryl, talk about the, uh, the the vision, the concept of uh, this classic being put put on. I, I kind of think it started basically with my uh, my assistant and I, uh, Dwayne Stelly. 
we were at spring training last year, uh, just sitting around uh, training camp and talking after the work morning workout one day. And we talked about it a little bit and went to the next day, the next day. And finally, we sat down with Dusty Baker and kind of told him about what we were thinking about doing. He said, you know, that'd be a good idea. Go back and try it. And our original thought was to have a small college uh, tournament and hopefully at either Minimate or at our baseball academy. We also have our minor league facility here in the Houston area. So we're kind of just thinking of anywhere, you know, to have it. So we went uh, to our new boss at the time, who's Paula Harris, and uh, started telling her about it. Before we finished, you know, she said, uh, let's do it. And, you know, we started talking about Texas Southern, who is, you know, two minutes from our ballpark. And we said, getting them in. And we said, well, it's pretty is 30 minutes away. And we started talking about getting them in. And then we realized we need to have all D1 schools in it. And that's kind of how we got started by uh, contacting uh, Grambling Southern, uh, Mississippi Valley, and Jackson State. So it started off with just a, uh, a daydream, I guess you might say, and now it's reality. Well, and we can see the graphic up uh, again, February the 17th through the 19th, um, being played at Minute Maid Park home of the World Series champions, Houston Astros. And, uh, Daryl, we can see the participants. Uh, Grambling State, you saw that, Southern, Prairie View, Texas Southern, and Jackson State. Um, but when we talked uh, yesterday, we talked about the games itself that's going to be uh, exciting, but you kind of want it to be more than just a game but uh, uh, an event. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, just, you know, we got to be realistic. Uh, baseball is not always, uh, especially at this time of the year, uh, something you're going to go out and watch. So we knew, you know, we host a, a small college tournament here uh, last weekend and two weeks from now we'll have the, the big schools in here like uh, I think TCU and some other schools are coming here to play. So we realized we need to find a way to get our fans out. It's still basketball season, so we felt like, Let's try to figure out a way to do it uh, as similar to a HBCU homecoming as possible. So we started creating events around the, uh, the, the, the tournament games itself to help draw fans. You know, we started off each year. We have a college fair down in Minute Maid for our kids around the Houston area. And we've had up to 100 colleges that come in before this year. We have close to 90 coming in. So we're having a college fair on Saturday morning. Uh, we knew we wanted to get our scouts from around the area and the country to come. So we're having a scout breakfast on Friday morning with the media, um, going into again, back into Saturday, we'll have, uh, our games again on Friday, Saturday, all games at 11, three and seven. And we knew that, uh, the matchups on Saturday are each state playing against each other with our nightcap being Texas Southern and preview being local. We felt like that would be our, you know, biggest uh, draw with these games being te televised for sure. We wanted to make sure that we had fans in the seats. So that's kind of kind of basis where we base it on. That night we're having a an old school uh, party called a birthday party. And actually we went to uh, our boss's birthday it will be Friday. So we're going to have a birthday party there. And uh, Paul is very well known in the Houston area. So we're hoping we'll draw some, some fans there for that. And uh, all proceeds for that party will go back to the foundation. So we're excited on that part. And then, you know, you got the Sunday, you know, uh, after 
big deal on Saturday night with those schools playing big on television. We knew we had to still get fans out. So we decided we'd have a gospel breakfast that morning prior to the first game. And we're also having a, a workout for our 30 to 40 better kids through our baseball academy. We invited all the, the coaches to come out and the scouts to come out and possibly look at those kids. You know, it's interesting because, yeah, it, it, it's, it's more than just, um, you know, a classic, a, a tournament. Um, it's an event. And, and then it gives opportunities for uh, African-Americans, but uh, even more than African-Americans to, to, to kind of have a uh, input and get back into playing baseball. And, and uh, Darrell, with your, with your background, talk about it, you, HBCU background uh, yourself. Talk about that, and yeah. then, then I'm gonna come back um, and, and talk about the city of Houston in an important point because they have alums for every institution, particularly in the right. Southwest Athletic Conference, uh, that that live in right. Houston. I, start, start back. You know, I I was very fortunate to get to go play college baseball. I played the NAIA uh, at Paul Quinn College. Uh, I guess from '78 to '82, where you know, we had some good program. We had a good program, and we had, you know, guys from Mississippi and Memphis and maybe one or two of us from Houston in the state of Texas, but most of our team was from out of state. But we had a good program. Our you know, coach passed away a couple of years ago, which really uh, – actually, the Southern graduate. He was uh, Joe Fontenot. He played at Southern University. Uh, ended up – I think his first job was at Lemoyne Owen, and he came to Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, his teammate, by the gentleman by the name, was a pitcher there, Willard Esther. Uh, he coached me in high school one year, and he asked him, did he know of any players that might want to come to school? And uh, I got to go to school, and it was the best four years of my life to play baseball. Um, so that's kind of you know where I started. I you know got to play against, and I heard you earlier conversation. You know, we played some of those games where, you know, we went to play Baylor and went to play Texas Tech and places like that and, and put a little money in our budget, I'm sure. You know, back then, we didn't know any better. We just wanted to play and hopefully could beat those guys. <laughs> Um, yeah. but I'm sure that's probably where that, you know, came from. Um, but the, you know, Dusty Baker, uh, was interviewed prior to the world series and he made the comment, you know, for the first time in many years, an African-American was not going to take the field of the world series game. And I think mm. that's, it's kind of our concept, you know, all those kids from all these schools, their desire is to play professional baseball. Every one of them, I believe probably, but we realistically know that's not going to happen, but we feel like they'll get a chance at least to play in a, in a big league ballpark. We also feel like uh, if these kids come out and perform like we feel like they will and know they will, you know, it's going to open some eyes to some, some scouts and some schools around the country that, you know, these kids can play. And uh, so hopefully one day we'll make an impact on having kids playing major league baseball. And that's important to me. Um, I'm the director of the Astros Academy here. The academies were set up basically for that to help get kids to Major League Baseball uh, or careers in baseball. And um, you know, we've been pretty, you know, successful on IN. And I know uh, Eddie Davis down in New Orleans with the academy down there has been successful. And you know, we care and we want to see those kids get the best opportunity they can. And like I said, all of them are not going to play pro ball, but they're going to get a chance to possibly have good careers because they got education. One of the things I didn't mention earlier, we have a, 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 a not, it's not a virtual, I guess it's an electronic uh, job fair. What we've done was we asked all the coaches to have their kids send us their resumes 
and we're going to put that in an electronic book to all the Astros corporate sponsors and Major League Baseball. So those resumes are going to be distributed around, you know, to some, some major companies uh, that are support Major League Baseball. And like I tell kids all the time, corporations want to hire athletes because they're people that are, have a desire to work hard. So hopefully we're going to help some kids get some careers. Yeah, that's going to be an excellent opportunity. Uh, uh, Willer, if you care to do so, uh, Mr. Wade would love to get a question or two uh, from you. Mr. Wade, where do you envision the uh, classic evolving to? What's what's the plan for the future? Right now we have a three-year contract with our sponsor, so we know we'll have it the next two years. But I've always said this first one will make the second and third one. Uh, I'm I'm hoping it is something that's uh, that's going to go on forever. You know, uh, we started the Shriners Classic uh, about seven eight years ago. You know, we've had LSU and Texas and all those teams down here in Tennessee playing, and it's not stopping. So I want to see you know corporations get behind us and support us uh, to have this event. Uh, you know, we got the indoor venue. I just think it's a great time. It's first, you know, we're playing the first weekend of baseball. I would like to see us grow into other conferences as well. Um, and quite frankly, I'd like to see us have a, an HBCU small college event as well here in Houston. As I said, we have our minor league affiliate is here in Houston. So we have the venues. We have our academy who has a good field. We're actually about to put turf in there. So we got some venues around. Uh, it may not be the draw of Minute Maid Park, but I think it, you know if we can't get it in Minute Maid, these small cars, at least we can get them here in uh, the city of Houston and come out and support these kids. That's great. I, I mean, you know, really, we, that sounds that that sounds very good. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about SIAC uh, baseball teams that 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 could join. You know, in the future. And I, I don't. I think I mentioned it, but it, we, this is not a swag tournament. It just happens to be one this year, the way it looks. But it was, you know, to be honest, this, those are the coaches we know because those are the coaches that are recruiting our kids, and uh, we talked to. So, quite frankly, you know, you almost feel obligated to at least reach out to see if you're interested. Uh, so, a lot of those teams come here to play Texas Southern Preview. They need a place to work out, and we've always opened our doors for them to have a place to work out. And I think that's how, you know, you build relationships like that. Uh, I was a former athletic director in high school. I was the Aldine School District Athletic Director and the Houston ISD Athletic Director. And I tried to instill in our coaches, you know, you got to make friends with these colleges to help get your kids in school. Uh, When I went to HISD, uh, the day I left was on National Signing Day, and I went by one of the high schools in Aldine that I had been at for several years. And they had 27 kids signing football scholarships that day. I went over to HISD for my first day and they were having one. And they had 20, we had four schools in Aldi at the time. We had 25 in HISD and they had 25 kids signing scholarships. And that was unacceptable to me. I mean, I feel like, you know, coaches, you gotta you know, shake the bushes. And that's what we had the coaches at Aldi do it. And uh, told them then, you know, I, my plans were, I wanted us to have a hundred next year. And of course they grumbled, you know, but uh, you know, you got to have, you got to want to help the kids. You know, every kid's not going to be that D1 guy they can go to school somewhere. They they followed suit. Next year, we had 123 kids signed, so it did work. 
Um, just hoping that, you know, around the country, you know, high schools are working to get our kids in school because they're not going to play pro sports, maybe. They're not going to go to Division One, But I think athletic teaches our kids a lot about character and work ethic. Mr. Wade, right. what can we do to get more uh, African-American kids interested in the game of baseball? Well, I kind of think uh, well, baseball is an expensive game, you know, and uh, I think uh, around the country now we have a lot of uh, several academies, which everything is free. Uh, I think that's the start is getting them out at an early age. You know, we have parents who bring out a kid at 15 and 16, we don't turn them away, but it's a little hard. You know, they got to get into the game early. Uh, I know that the, the glamour of basketball and football is there. We just have to find a way to uh, market baseball for kids. You know, when I grew up, that was the sport. You know, it was the sport that was on Saturday, uh, uh, baseball game of the week. You know, it was on TV. You know, I grew up with my grandfather watching that and sitting at home at night, listening to the Astros or Code 45s on the radio, should I say. And uh, I think we just to get that excitement back. I think we're pretty good here in the Houston area. There's so many uh, select and travel ball teams around the Houston area, and a lot of them have African-Americans. We have some with all African-American teams. So I, I think it's there. He's just got to get the interest somehow out and, and glamorize the sport. Uh, and that's kind of one of the things we're hoping we're trying to do this next weekend. Thank you. Visiting, yeah, thank, great, great questions there. Um, visiting with uh, Daryl Wade of the Astros Foundation, and, and Daryl, how important has been the support of the foundation and the Houston Astros? How, I mean, I like uh, as one of the sponsors. Man, I've, I've been. This is my 14th season with the Astros. I retired from education in uh, 2010. This was my 14th season. Uh, like I said, we came back. We were just trying to have a 16 baseball round robin tournament. Uh, wasn't considering ticket prices or anything except getting those kids here to play. And uh, it went from our owner, Jim Crane, all the way to the, the person with the lowest position in our uh, front office is working a part of this. I couldn't, I tell people all the time, I couldn't sell anything. I go to buy a car, they tell me the sticker price, I say, okay. But our in marketing department, <laughs> sponsorship department, every department in our organization, uh, baseball operations, uh, event sales, every, every department has been a part of making this thing come through. And, uh, you know, they've sold the sponsorships, they've done the marketing. Uh, we've just basically tried to work with the schools. I have spent the last few uh, weeks uh, with the logistics of everything going on, but I've spent 99% of my day the last, since we've been back from the holidays and in between then, you know, my dad passed away, but other than my dad's services and me uh, dealing with that, 99% of my day every day has been spent on making this a great event. And it's not about me, it's about what we're trying to do for but for HBCUs, which I think right now are totally on the rise uh, educationally, and uh, I'm excited about it. I'm a graduate of two HBCUs, Paul Quinn and Prairie View. I have a master's degree from Prairie View, so uh, I'm just happy to see these teams getting to come here and have this opportunity. Hopefully, we can make it a great weekend for them and their fans because we, you know, we went all out. We're trying to get the sororities involved, fraternities involved, all. 
Doesn't mean that you didn't go to one of these six schools. We want any HBCU alumnus to come to Minute Maid Park. We've given out thousands of free tickets because we just want people there. Like I said, it's, we've not tried to make, make this a moneymaker. We tried to just make sure we got people there to see these kids. Well, Daryl, it's been a pleasure. And uh, for the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network, any help that uh, we can do, please don't hesitate to uh, call on us. It's, it's going to be a great event. You're playing at a professional ballpark. Um, you saw the graphic, the, the, the participating teams. And I had to mention, uh, I should mention Mississippi Valley State a, a, as well. Um, it, it's going to be, a, I, I believe, a, a great event. And uh, appreciate you taking out the time on a busy weekend for you, the weekend before uh, the, the classic. Uh, but uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And, again, anything we can do in the future, let us know. Yeah, thank you. I was thinking about that a while ago. I said for the next, this is my last free weekend. We got determined and we leave for spring training Monday morning. And then it'll be uh, hopefully another parade will end my year. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that. Will it be a repeat? It's hard to repeat, but uh, wow. Well, I, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm feeling it. I'm not. A, I'm one. I'm. I'm not a. It makes people mad. I'm not a, a cowboy type person. Where I'm gonna say we're going to the Super Bowl after we win our first game. But I feel pretty good about uh, the team we have. I think we'll be uh, very. Uh, think we're going to be okay. And you didn't ask me about my Super Bowl pick, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you real quick before you get me off of here. I'm going to have to go. There you go. I don't have a, I don't have a dog in the hunt either, like uh, Mr. Willis said there. And, uh, <laughs> so it really, really doesn't make me a difference. It really doesn't. Uh, I, uh, I am a Texan fan again. I think we're getting D'Amico Ryan's back uh, last week or two. So I'm excited now. I'll become a Texas fan again, but I'm going to go with uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles. Even though you know we we struggled with those folks down there at the World Series in Philadelphia, <laughs> but, uh, they have some true fans there. But I'm going with them because quarterback Jalen Hurst is a son of one of my former coaches when I was in all these school district. Uh, Avon Hurst, his dad is now the head coach at Channel View High School here in the Houston area. So uh, I remember him running around on the sidelines there with his dad. So I'm definitely pulling for him. Uh, just glad to see what I'm going to get to see uh, this coming week. It's tomorrow, I guess. I'll get to see these two young yeah. men out there. Very proud of our the coaches in the Houston area. You know, we have Dusty Baker. We have Coach Silas at the Rockets. Now we got D'Amico. We got Coach Sampson over at U of H. So, and now we have Dana Brown as our general manager here with the Astros. I'm very proud of uh, – the people we have running our program in the Houston area. Well, I, I think uh, Philadelphia, I said earlier, is going to win it. Um, I'm a Saints fan, of course. I had one um, Super Bowl when pigs flew. The Saints won a Super Bowl, who arguably is the most dedicated fans. You remember the bags over the head, Wheeler? <laughs> well, that so, gentleman hey, I told you about that was my assistant, Dwayne uh, Stelling. He is a New Orleans uh, guy, and uh, we have New Orleans schedules all over the office, and uh, he comes to New Orleans whenever there's a home game. So I, I guess I'm pretty much a, a Saints fan too sometimes. <laughs> all right. And, and, and I, so I have to go with the NFC 
uh, team, but uh, uh, Will is a Baltimore Ravens fan, so <laughs> it's okay, Will. If somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. <laughs> Daryl, it's been a pleasure. Take care. We will talk again real soon. Thank you all. All right. Uh, that, that was Daryl Wade of uh, the Astro Foundation, the big baseball class coming up uh, next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, and, and Will, I look forward to it growing. And, um, you know, some of the things when you ask them about future classics, it, it's more than just uh, a games, tournament, mm-hmm. classic. It's also an event. And love to see some of the uh, uh, other HBCUs in yeah. Division Twos, SIAC, CIAA, uh, you know, get get a shot uh, playing in, in this uh, event. Super Bowl Sunday is tomorrow. We've given our predictions um, quickly because we got a couple of minutes left. Um, I want to thank Coach uh, uh, Eric Dooley for joining us, uh, Daryl Wade, and then. Also, when you when you look at it, Southwestern Athletic Conference basketball, we talked about it early. Uh, Willer Southern went combined zero and four. It's so tough mm. on the road, but the the, cl- the cliche is this: take care of business at home, and if you can get a split on the road, it'll put you in the conversation, put you in the uh, the place that you can win a championship. So. Now they come on and play Prairie View and Texas Southern this Saturday and Monday. What advice can you give uh, Coach Woods and Coach Funches to get back on the winning train and to do it at home against two worthy opponents, the Texas two steps in Baton Rouge? Well, you got to take the lessons to be learned from the, you know, the last couple of losses, that sort of thing. And, Try to put it in the rearview mirror as quickly as possible. Don't dwell on it. You know, if it, if it was a good game and a close game, you know, kind of take, you know, the, the good points out of it. If it was a bad game all the way around, throw the film in the trash can and keep it moving. And uh, But like you said, you know, it's important that, you know, if you can win them all at home and, and go 500 on the road, at the end of the day, you're in, in a good place in terms of the conference tournament, and you'll be able to do some things. So, you know, you can't dwell on the, on the past and can't dwell on the losses. Take the lessons from it and move on as, as quickly as possible. You know, the worst thing you can do is just rehash, you know, what happened last week over and over and over again. It's going to affect what you're going to do, you know, the, the following week if you do. So... You know, that that would be my advice you know to the coaches they know they have a good team that sort of thing and you know it's this is now the time where you start getting it together you know you start uh, uh narrowing down your rotation that sort of thing you know if you're playing 12 and 13 kids now this late in the year to me you don't have a team you know yeah. i mean you should be at the point now where you eight or nine deep and you know, kids are fighting to get into that top eight or nine. If they're not fighting to get in that top eight or nine, then, you know, they, they're not going to be able to play. 
And, uh, you know, we, we got to go. We got to tighten that rotation down, you know, narrow down uh, the kids who are going to get it done in their particular roles. And we, we just got to go at it from there. It's crunch time now. You're exactly right because so it's less than a month. You got conference tournament championships. By the way, Will, you remember the, the – uh, at Swag Media Day, we had that conversation. I am a proponent of the regular season champion. I'm in the minority. I even got nasty email for having that uh, that conversation. <laughs> Not from you, Willer, but um, then you're looking at March Madness, Division Two championship. So you're right. Now is the time to nail it down, put the border around, rally the mm-hmm. troops, and you've got to take care of business. Wow, March Madness is here before you know it. Uh, Will right around the corner. Going, it's going to be interesting. Will, closing comments for you. Anything that you uh, want to talk about in this last couple of minutes, then we're, we're we're going to be out of here. Well, I appreciate you allowing me to stand in uh, today. There's no doubt about that. It's good to get off the bench and get in the game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been an, an eye-opening experience you know for me no doubt about it and uh you know i'm just you know blessed and and very thankful you know to to be a part of your show you know for the for the day that sort of thing and you know just looking forward to continuing to you know do what i do on this end you know in terms of helping our kids grow and develop help our coaches you know reach the heights that they that they want to that they want to reach and, uh, you know, get the message out there in terms of HBCUs and, you know, what's going on, the, the positives and the negatives, you know, because contrary to popular belief, Carlos, you probably learn more from the negatives than you do from the positives. And, you know, so I, I'm just blessed to be a part of your forum. And, uh, you know, feel free to call on me at any time. I appreciate it, and it was a pleasure having you uh, on. May- maybe in the future, you never know. Uh, Pete Richardson Classic, Jackson State is the opponent this year. Fort Valley came a few, six, seven, eight years ago. Hey, you never know, but I guess the price has to be right. Oh, price got to be right, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no doubt about that. The price got to be right. <laughs> well, I, I know some people say I would rather see Fort Valley than Lincoln University in California, but guess what? <laughs> I, I would look at that opponent as undefeated, even if they're not coming in, and you do what you're supposed to do. And you're supposed, using that word, supposed, supposed to win, you take care of business. <laughs> That's what you have to do. I want to thank all of our guests, Melody. Uh, producing today's show. She had a lot on her plate, so we always appreciate her producing today's show. For everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Make sure you tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time for another edition of the Colos Brown Show right here exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, as always, peace and God bless. (laughs) 